All right, guys, welcome to uh, Inappropriate Earl. Uh, you know, I never thought I would have this man on my couch. Um, he's someone I grew up hating because I'm a big L.A. Kings fan, and uh, he would always kill the Kings and uh, start a little, little trouble on the ice uh, in most games. And uh, I remember seeing him in a preseason game at the Forum, and two guys stood out to me. It was him and this massive guy who I thought was Samoan, who uh, cleaned up a lot of the messes that he started. But uh, he was a little smaller than most of the players on the ice, but he was dominating. And uh, although today's not a hockey broadcast, I'm beyond honored to have a, a future NHL Hall of Famer um, in my house just for a few minutes. Uh, please uh, welcome Theo Fleury. Thank you, sir. No, no, thank you. And I hope uh, I didn't rub you the wrong way when I said I used to hate you. I just You were so good. And uh, you would always kill the kings and uh do it with a smile on your face which infuriated me absolutely well there's a long line of theo flurry haters so you know that'd be a long walk for you to get to the end of that line right so I, but it obviously meant that i was doing doing my job and uh you know but i always always loved coming to la and playing against the kings because she did so well yeah i always got a lot of points so it was good but uh I, this isn't uh today a hockey broadcast um I watched your documentary last night, and uh, I cried throughout all of it. And, uh, you know, in America, we don't really have a lot of high-profile uh, sex abuse, uh, children's abuse, other than uh, Jerry Sandusky. Right. And uh, so to have someone of your stature and uh, hockey come out and tell your story was it's just amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think with Sandusky, it, like, I always thought, how is this guy on a fucking campus for 30 years? And uh, I think in uh, junior hockey, it, it's almost a, a hunting ground for pedophiles. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I think I think in any organization uh, that caters to children, you're always going to find, you know, one, two, three of these guys hanging out in these things. And, uh, you know... Uh, did you know there were 600,000 Boy Scouts in the Boy Scouts of America that got abused? I could imagine. You know, the Catholic Church, you know, Spotlight, the movie was about, you know, the Catholic Church. So sort of what I discovered is that, you know, so, uh, something that I thought was uncommon is actually the most common experience of most people, you know, in the world and on the earth. And, and uh, you know, so... The documentary was is really an opportunity for us to put it out there and let people know that uh, you can talk about this stuff and you have to talk about this stuff in order to sort of move forward in life. And uh, I think a, a lot of the reason why people get stuck is we live in our trauma, you know, and we live in our trauma for way too long because it has shame attached to it. And anything that has shame attached to it, that's what keeps it silent. And, uh, and so, you know, we're really proud of the documentary. Uh, it has a tremendous amount of hope and inspiration, uh, in it. And, uh, and really at the end of the day, it's just people telling their stories for the very first time ever, you know, sort of in the history of their life. Yeah. Like the one lady who at first didn't want to be on camera mm -hmm. and then you could tell almost like it was like minute by minute. It was like, I can talk about this. Yeah. Cause if someone like you, right. Who's, you know, a huge celebrity and, and 
especially in Canada, you, you know, you're you're a god in Canada. Right. And uh I mean, is it like how does it's the sentencing that's infuriating, isn't uh, it? For uh I don't want to say his name, but So I, when you were watching the movie, you you started to feel angry. Yeah. Right? It, it's like yeah. I it was just like two years, three years. This guy's yeah. ruined lives yeah. uh, forever, yeah. uh, or at least scarred them forever. Yeah, exactly. Um, you and- know, Jerry Sandusky's never getting out of prison, right? He's probably going to die in prison. And that's, to me, that's okay. Oh, I can right? hope. <laughs> I know? mean, I uh, I hope he gets uh, effed up in prison. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, and I feel, wow, it's... I feel weird saying that, but I wouldn't mind if he did, to be yeah. honest with you. And I know. like one of the most infuriating things about the documentary to me was when you were talking to, I think he was the prime minister or one of the, oh, the, the members of parliament. Yeah. And he's just like, you're ble- you could see the pain in your eyes talking about yeah. this. And he's like, Hey man, I've stood next to these guys. Uh, I know how you feel. And it's like, you don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't know how this. Yeah. I mean, I had, I don't wish it on anyone, but let's see if this guy's kid was molested. Of course. Or, oh. or him himself, yeah. right? You know, I think they would probably answer the question differently. But, uh, you know, and that's why, you know, the, the documentary at the end of the day started out as being a crusade for justice. And about halfway through the movie, it shifted to healing and being there for people and allowing people to, you know, to speak to us and and tell us their stories. And I think at the end of the day, most people who've had this experience, I think they just want to hear, I believe you. I I believe this happened to you. And, uh, you know, so there's, there's lots of really great messages in the, you know, in the documentary. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, it brought out some emotion in you watching the film because that's what we wanted to accomplish. We wanted to accomplish what each survivor of childhood trauma faces, anger, sadness, you know, happiness, all, all that stuff. And we wanted the the viewer to go through, you know, that full range of mixed, you know, mixed emotions. I mean, I don't cry very much uh, just because being a comic, it's kind yeah, of jaded my... Uh, <laughs> my personality but it was just like so heartfelt and you know you could see the pain in everyone's eyes like in the one scene where you guys were in the steam room and the older gentleman was yeah. uh and the way he was talking like i want to fucking kill the guy like yeah. you know yeah. so it's uh i mean do you what and this is probably going to be worded the wrong way knowing me but in a case like graham james and, and sandusky like what makes him so good for lack of a better word at hiding what they do we haven't really pinpointed our finger on what type of traumatic experience in their own childhood makes them into these monsters some i I guess some are born born that way Uh, others have witnessed extreme violence in their home as children which causes people to to do that, but we haven't really sort of pinpointed um, how these guys get to be, you know, the predators that they are. But I I guarantee you that it has something to do with their own experience and in, in childhood themselves, right? And uh, 
but they're smart guys. They're master manipulators. And, you know, like on the documentary, I, you know, there's pedophiles and then there's Jerry Sandusky who took it to the next level and, you know, created a charity for kids that have nobody. And Jerry, you know, uh, showers them with love and all these things. And, you know, and once, once they accept all of these things that Jerry's given to them, then that's when the molestation starts. And in your case, uh, you know, he basically said, Hey, I'll get you to the NHL kid, which is like to a young teenager in Canada. That's like, you know, telling me, Hey, Earl, I'll get you on the tonight show. Yeah, exactly. I would, I would, I mean, that was his, yeah, and I'm sure to many other kids. Yeah, of course. Um, and like the scary thing is, there's next September will be hundreds of teenagers trying out in junior camps. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, do you think the NHL or, or the junior leagues, the WHL, the CHL, OHL, is there some kind of like system or protocol they can not? You're never going to weed them all out. Yeah. But- yeah. We're obviously a lot more aware of it from. You know, first Sheldon coming forward, then, you know, then myself coming forward and, you know, in the spotlight movies of the world and, you know, sleepers, you know. So um, there's definitely a lot of awareness out there, but I'd like to see a little bit more action on the part of first justice and, uh, you know, an extreme vetting process, you know, when these when people apply to work with children. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable that, you know, and now with online stuff. uh, Isn't that an unbelievable stat? There's 750,000 pedophiles online right now as we're speaking? No, I mean, just in my own neighborhood, they have uh, the sex offenders database. And I just went on once out of curiosity. There's 30 on these two blocks. That's unbelievable. Uh, I'm not one of them. Uh, Of course. But, like, it's just man, you want to see these guys locked up and yeah. never like Sandusky and, and yeah. um, like especially hockey is such a dream to Canadians. Yeah. Like it, it's like a religion up there. It is. Now, was it, um, I know uh, when Derek Bugard played in Minnesota, mm-hmm. I would say that's like the American version of Calgary. Yeah. It, yeah. Slightly smaller. Yeah. Um, and I know when he went to New York, it was, uh, it was a small time farm kid unleashed and basically Vegas uh, of the East coast. Was it, would it have been uh, easier to come out in Calgary where you maybe a better support system than say New York, where you're just unleashed to the wildest. I I don't think it would have mattered where I was, you know, at the time the story would have been the same, Right. you know, Uh, there was countless people that reached out to me and said, you know, do you want some help? Do you need some help? And, you know, I just wasn't ready for it. Right. And, you know, what I know now working, you know, in the, in the field for as long as I have is that, you know, you can't help somebody that doesn't want help. Right. And, you know, the only thing you can do is take care of yourself and, and, and not be an enabler. Right. Right. You know, not enable somebody to, uh, you know, ruin their lives. I don't know if you've ever seen that show intervention, Yeah, but that's basically what they try to do is they try to convince the family to stop enabling the addict. And then once everybody sort of sticks to that contract and the addict has nowhere to go, uh, 
he hits rock bottom a lot quicker than having all of these enablers around him. So, you know, um, uh, and that means you need to have healthy boundaries as well. You know, you need to set boundaries with, with loved ones that are, you know, struggling with whatever it is. And, um, but it's not easy because you have a lot of guilt, you know, and you have a lot of shame attached to, to all of that. So it's hard to sort of let go of your kid and let him crash and burn on his own. You know, it's a very difficult thing to do, but you know, eventually what happens is that, you know, everybody just gets pissed off and says, that's enough. Like I can't take anymore. I can't be on your roller coaster ride anymore. And I know, uh, what was your tipping point? Like, what was like, you know, I know you had mentioned uh, spending $3 million in, at the casinos and then mm. in order to go to sleep at night, you'd have to basically get blackout drunk. Yeah. Was that, was there a moment, one particular one where you're like, I can't do this anymore? Uh, I think I had several of those <laughs> moments, you know, um, every once in a while I'd get a sort of a, every once in a while I'd get a glimpse of some sort of clarity, you know, right. um, which was few and far between. Um, but I knew at some point that I was going to die, you know, if I kept on the same path, um, and probably end up a really bitter, lonely old guy, you know? And, uh, and, you know, finally, finally made the decision what was it September 18th of 2005 was the last time I had a drink or a drug and it's awesome and uh you know it was really sort of you know finding spirituality is what really sort of helped it stick you know putting my faith something in something else other than myself really right. you know well uh, you've done an amazing job and uh where can people go to support the yeah. cause you can go to victorwalkdoc.com uh you can go to victorwalk.com uh theoflurry uh, 14.com and then we're you know we're on social media too theoflurry14 on twitter and uh instagram facebook you know all those we're on every one of those uh, social media outlets. So, and they can uh, buy on the uh, documentary website, like hats and shirts. And, uh, or can no, they yeah, go? we don't have any merch yet. Oh, okay. You, be- you guys better get on. I mean, I'm Jewish. I should help you out with that. End. <laughs> but uh, listen, Mr. Flurry, I know you, uh, first of all, thank you for doing this. My I pleasure. know you uh, could have done hundreds of other uh, more known people's podcasts. And, well, you know uh, who you remind me of? Uh-oh. One of my favorite comedians of all time, who? Stephen Wright. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't mo- I don't copy him, but yeah. he's uh, an amazing person, uh, yeah. great comic. But uh, you know, thank you so much for doing this, My and pleasure. Uh, you're going to inspire a lot of people to come out and share their stories. And uh, I've never said this to a guy I just met, but uh, I love you, man. And oh, thank uh, you. I really uh, thank you again. And yeah, appreciate so, appreciate you having me on, guys. Support Theo Flurry. Uh, YouTube some of his old fight tapes to. Uh, realize what I was talking about and uh, thank you guys very much. 